This is the Demand Excellence Podcast with Jonathan Guess, head football coach of Eagles Landing Christian Academy on the south side of Atlanta. Coach Guess is the author of the book, Demand Excellence, on and off the field. The goal of the Demand Excellence Podcast is to encourage, equip, and entertain Christian leaders and coaches across the world. Today on the Demand Excellence Podcast, I have Coach Chris Marv. He is the linebackers coach and defensive run game coordinator at Florida State. What a staff Coach Norvell is putting together. I try to tell everybody in the world they need to hire Chris Marv. I'm telling you guys, this guy will be a head football coach at a Power 5 school within the next 10 years. I think it'll happen before that, but he is an awesome guy and one that I think you're really going to enjoy listening to today. And if you don't know him, you need to get to know him. If you haven't been down there to visit him at Florida State, when the coronavirus is over, you guys get down there and you check out Coach Marv and all the other great coaches that Coach Norvell is hiring down there. Florida State is going to be back, I'm sure of it. But let me, before we get started, read a little bit about Coach Marv's playing career. He talks about how he only had one one offer coming out of high school. One offer. Listen to the results that Vanderbilt got from this guy. He was a four-time All-SEC linebacker during his playing career at Vanderbilt. He is one of the most decorated players in Vanderbilt history. His 397 career tackles ranked ninth on the program's all-time list, and his 30 tackles for loss tied for sixth. He was a freshman All-American in 2008 after registering registering 105 tackles and four forced fumbles, ending the season with 10 tackles in the Music City Bowl victory over Boston College. As a sophomore, Marv made a career-high 121 tackles, including a career-best 57 solo stops and averaged 10.1 tackles per game in conference play. His performance earned him second-team All-SEC recognition. He was named co-captain as a junior and again earned all SEC honors after recording 80 tackles, including 8.0 for a loss. For a loss. He was selected a captain again his senior season and he led Vanderbilt back to the postseason play. His all SEC season, during which he also earned a spot on the SEC academic honor roll, which probably has a lot to do with why I think he's going to be a uh, power five head coach here soon included a team high 91 tackles and concluded in his hometown of memphis at the liberty bowl so marv is 31 years old i don't know if i mentioned that yet so he's a very young guy but he has wisdom beyond his years so I get to sit down with Coach Marv today, and we talk about his coaching journey. You know, he was a uh, quality control at Vanderbilt in 2014, GA at Vanderbilt in 2015. He was the inside linebackers coach at Vanderbilt from 2016 to 2018. He was at Mississippi State last year as a, as a linebacker coach, and now already 2020, he's at Florida State. 
So I'm telling you, all that just happened in seven years. I think that I'll be saying seven years from now that he is the head coach at such and such Power Five University. And, you know, I hope he would do an interview with me by then. But you know how it is for those head coaches. They don't have time uh, to do interviews and things like that with high school coaches once they make it to that level. So, But I have the goods now, and I'm super excited about it. Hope you guys enjoy listening to Coach Marv. All right, Coach, man, um, you know, my, my first memories of you is I was it was through a, a recruiting process. I think it was going into the 2017 football season. You were at Vanderbilt and, you know, you were recruiting Trey Douglas to play corner. And I was so tired of college coaches coming through. I think it had been like 100 to 140 schools come through. We had a big class of, of kids getting recruited. And, uh, man, like, so when you're a high school coach at a single-A school, you do everything. And I was just exhausted. And I was like, I don't want to see another college coach in my brain. That's what I was thinking. And you walk in, and you were just kind of like this light. And uh, you just had this great personality, just somebody I connected with. And I, I really can't explain why except for, you know, I believe it's the Holy Spirit. But I just connected with you. And I just stopped what I was doing and started talking with you. And we've had a relationship ever since. And so I've grown to uh, be a huge fan of yours. And I just think everybody should get to know who Chris Marv is. Um, Like I've gotten to know who you are and uh, look up to you as a coach, even though you're way younger than me. But so let's talk about that, Coach. Tell the listener kind of who you are, you played football at Vanderbilt, but go back to even in high school, how, how you grew to love the game and how you ended up at Vanderbilt. So, Coach, first of all, I appreciate you having me on the call. Um, everything you just said about me, I feel equally the same about you. You're somebody I respect tremendously. You know, I, because of the different places that I've coached, I had the opportunity to just – travel the country and recruit young people and meet different coaches and be around different programs. It's not a lot of people who run a program like you do, first of all. And it's not a lot of people who build young men or young Christians the way that you do. Uh, I admire you very, very much. And I think what you do is real. I, I think it's authentic, man. You don't try to be anybody that you're not. And you really care and love on those kids. And when they leave you, they, they know how to be men and they, they, the other thing that they know how they know how to work, brother, because you you get after them. So I yeah. appreciate that, man. Yeah, thank you, Coach. But um, I but you know I got I got to school there because you know I trained my butt off. I grew up all around the southeast. You know, I was born in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, my mom was still in college when she had me, um, and so we moved to Louisiana, Baton Rouge, where I spent roughly ten years growing up uh, in in East Baton Rouge Parish. Moved to North Alabama a little bit, came back to Louisiana, then moved up to Memphis, Tennessee, which is really where I spent my developmental years and, and became a young man and really began to love the game of football. From there, you know, I wanted to go to college or I was going to the Marines. And the good Lord had me go to school. You know, I really, really uh, enjoyed the challenge of football, enjoyed the challenge of school. My parents were very, very strict as it related to making sure that I made really good grades. And if I didn't make good grades, I couldn't play ball. So I made good grades. And because of that, and because of, you know, their viewpoint and their values, you know, obviously that was instilled in me. And because of that, I had the opportunity to go to the school where I went to school, which is 
you made the mention of Vanderbilt. So I, I went to school there. That that was my only scholarship offer coming out of high school. And uh went there, um, registered my first year, then started after that, um, every single game but for one because of an injury. And the good Lord just he put some really, really good men in my life. You know, my head coach who recruited me was Bobby Johnson, my position coach was Warren Beelan. Defensive coordinator Bruce Fowler, D-line coaches Ricky Logo, men who were devout Christians were not afraid or unashamed of who they were. And I saw that you could be a man of faith. You could be a man who believes and also be a really, really, really phenomenal and transformational football coach. And I didn't know at the time that, you know, coaching was something that I wanted to do, teach and develop young people. But over the course of time and, you know, finding my wife, and really finding out the things that I was passionate about and the values that I have as a man now. And quite honestly, um, as a professional, um, it brought me back. You know, the game is something that I love. Building young people is something that I'm passionate and I'm, that I feel that I'm purposed to do. And, uh, you know, this game affords me that opportunity to do that. And so, you know, it just so happens that at that point in time, around that time that you mentioned earlier, I was down and I was in, I was in your area and I so happened to come by your school. And I, I tell you one thing, you know, I was as, as deep as you were in conversation, I was, I was the exact same, you know, usually when you're on the road, you, you, you know, you try to be as efficient with your time as possible. And I, I felt that my time was the best spent sitting there talking to you. I think we talked coach for two, two and a half hours yeah. about a number of things. And uh, man, I that, that meant a lot and means a lot. And uh, so I, I appreciate you doing this and just having me. Well, Coach, talk about, you know, um, what it was like for you, because I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this. You go to Vanderbilt um, and, you know, you have a great career there. I think you graduated with, with two degrees uh, from Vanderbilt. Um, and then you, you, you go and you're coaching at Vanderbilt. So your road is different than a lot of people. You, I think you GA'd there. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but then you're a position coach there. Then you end up at Mississippi State. Now, now you're at Florida State. Um, what led you into wanting to coach at the college level? Yeah, so bef- between the time that I graduated, so I graduated in December, I redshirted. And uh, actually but coming back to uh, Vanderbilt and being a graduate assistant, I was a school teacher for, for two years and I was running a law firm for six months. But the thing that impacted me the most or my t- the time that really was formative for me and, and, and helping me identify things that I wanted to do and how I wanted to impact the world in a positive way was my time teaching. So, um you know, there was a program that really did a really phenomenal job marketing and recruiting uh, people from the school that I went to. It was it's called Teach for America. So it's been around since the 90s. It's still around now. And it was really popular at that time. And when I got done playing ball, I just felt like the Lord was calling me to go make an impact on my community and wherever that community was. So I applied and I was accepted. And it's it was a really, uh, really, really unique program. And and, and essentially they, they took you for a summer and you went essentially through a teaching boot camp in various parts of the country. My wife did it also. She did hers in Los, in Los Angeles. I, my, my summer boot camp was in the Mississippi Delta. And so I, I went down and basically spent six weeks, six to eight weeks in the Mississippi Delta, learned how to teach and learned how to be a professional um, within, the, within the construct of 
um, being a professional teacher. And so I was taught how to teach uh, math and seventh grade math is what I taught. And so I was placed, you get placed all around the country. And so I was placed in, uh, fortunately enough, in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I was very, very familiar with the community, obviously, uh, for obvious reasons. And I was put in a school that was very, very much like the ones or, or like ones that I had attended when I was young. 99% uh, free and reduced lunch, 90 to 95% minority-based. And so it was a school and a, and a community and a demographic I was very familiar with. And it was an area of town that I felt like I could make a phenomenal impact if I, if I did it the right way. And so in that time, you know, it was a two-year commitment. Um, and so in the first year teaching, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn how difficult the job actually is, all the things that are entailed in that profession, um, things that are both you're compensated for and things that you're not compensated for, which are a lot more than the ones that you are, right? And so you, you, get, you build these relationships you figure out, you know, the things that, that the kids are actually listening to, what they are concerned about and what they aren't concerned about. And, you know, you know, retrospectively looking back, man, it, it's very similar to football in that they care. They will listen to you once they know how much you care about. Right. You know, they, and they, they don't, they don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so, you know, I figured that that was reiterated to me year one, year two, I'm kind of figuring it out. I, I, I realized that I probably wasn't going to be teaching middle school anymore after that year. You know, I love the, the opportunity to impact young people um, just face to face in in a way that I was teaching them, watching the light bulb come on and, and helping them develop and grow. And so I thought, you know what, maybe I want to get back into coaching. And, and the spark to really, to really turn that light on coach was uh, I was leaving out of the school one day and I heard a lot of noise coming from the gym, you know, uh, and usually at the school that I was at, the leadership was really good. There wasn't a lot of noise after school in the building. So I, I was obviously, I was curious as to what was going on. So I walked into the gym, basketball tryouts are going on. I'm not a basketball guy whatsoever. You know, yeah. I went out for basketball middle school. I actually got cut. <laughs> and so I was, uh, I, I walk in and coach Mayo, who was a new teacher that year. And also the new basketball coach was holding tryouts. And uh, I felt like the tryout was uh, the kids in the tryout were probably being a little more, uh, they had a little bit more bravado than I, than I would imagine most tryouts would have. And I, and I thought it was because they knew Coach Mayo was new. And he didn't really have a support staff at that time. And so, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable leaving without helping coach out that particular day. Um, that yeah. morphed into me becoming an assistant coach. <laughs> yeah. And uh I became, you know, basically strength and condition coach, the disciplinarian, the, the, you know, I transported the kids everywhere. We didn't even have a practice facility. So we, we drove down the road every day to practice, took the kids home. But what I found out very, very quickly is that the kids and the parents receive what you have to say completely different when you're a coach versus when you're, when you're a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, even though you're teaching material, you're developing young people, and you're holding them accountable and you're helping them grow, your message is still received differently. And when I saw the impact that I could have as a coach, as compared to the previous 18 months, I was, I, I knew that it was for me. And so I knew, but, but again, I'm not a basketball guy. And so I knew I wanted to get into football. And so, you know, I made some calls and I had an opportunity to get in front of some people and then the opportunity to become a graduate assistant presented itself. And it was all, it was all a, 
the good Lord, man, all the good Lord, because had I not gotten into teaching, had I not listened to him talk to me when I was at running a law firm, thinking about law school, I applied to law school and got into some places. If I didn't really listen and just be still, then I would have never gotten to teaching. And had I never gotten to teaching and sat and reflected and actually took advantage of the opportunity that was that the opportunities that were in front of me, then I wouldn't be sitting here coaching today. And so, you know, th- that's how I got here, man. You know, just sitting and listening to him speak to you in different ways. And he speaks through people. He speaks to your heart. And man, it, it just, it really took a little bit more time for me to know that this is where I wanted to be, but he had, and, but he has me here for a reason. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk about your time at Vanderbilt um, and, and kind of what you learned while you were there. Cause I mean, uh, you know, just for the listener, I mean, you're sitting there right now, you're at Florida state and, um, and you guys are, are there to turn Florida state back into a national title contender. But I, I you know, I want to take them through your learning process and what you learned at Vanderbilt as you, as, as you grew as a coach. Yep. So I, I learned a, a number of things from a football standpoint. I learned, I learned how to coach in the three, four, you know, um, that's, I learned how to coach outside linebackers in the three, four, how to coach inside linebackers in the three, four, and just how that mechanic and how that system functions and operates. Um, I'd always played in a four, three or four, two, five, and we got to some 50 fronts um, my early in my college career. But Coach Derek Mason really took all of us GAs under his wings, gave us opportunities, held us accountable, gave us responsibility. And the, the better that we did and the the, uh, efic- the more efficient that we were and the, the higher work ethic that we had, the more responsibility that he gave us. So I grew a lot from that standpoint. What I also learned off the field was how to be a pro and what a coach actually is and, and the op and the opportunities and the responsibilities off the field that come with not only being a mentor, not only being a, a person who's, who's charged with developing young people, but also what the ins and outs of actually being a coach actually are, how, how to stay organized, how to be detailed about your work, how to communicate effectively. And, you know, believe it or not teaching and being in a, on a team of people and having to, um, make sure that you are you are the kids that are underneath your your uh, your direction are safe and in good repair all the time it helps you be a better football coach trust me and so I learned a tremendous amount being there and uh, man I, I learned I learned a ton I learned a ton so you know this is a good this is an interesting question you know you leave Vanderbilt to go to Mississippi State and that was last year and you could have never foreseen everything that would have happened, right? Because I was thinking about you. Um, I mean, before uh, every, I mean, I, I don't know if everybody had gotten fired yet or not, but, um, you know, during the season, it was kind of rocky. And I was like, man, what's going to happen to Coach Marv? He left Vanderbilt. He's at Mississippi State. You had no idea what was about to happen at Florida State, did you? What was the last part of that question, Coach? Oh, my bad. I said uh, you had no idea. You're going through this this season with Mississippi State. The coach gets fired. You didn't know that Florida State was on the horizon, or did you know that, Coach? I, I had no idea, um, no idea. But I decided a long time ago to walk by faith and not by sight. Um, a long time ago, 
And, you know, one thing that my wife and I do, we, we are a praying family. And so when the opportunity presents itself for us to sit down at the end of the day or early in the morning to, uh, to read or to have a little bit of solitude, quiet time and pray, we're going to do that. And that gives us the strength and the, uh, the resolve, quite honestly, to operate in spaces that may from the outside or may be perceived as difficult or adversarial. And so, you know, coach, you know, a lot of stuff did happen. And in this profession, quite honestly, that's what you sign up for. Um, you, you know, it's not always predictable. Nobody, nobody, not one coach in the country goes into the season and says we're, we're, we're not going to be successful. Um, but, at, but somebody has to win on Saturday and somebody has to lose. Right. And so that's just the fact of the matter. Um, but um, Matthew 6.33 tells us, man, to seek his kingdom first and all these things will be added to you. So if, as long as you keep the main thing the main thing, you, you, you'll be okay, Coach. So let's talk about now you're at Florida State, and I know that's probably what everybody's like. I mean, there just seems like this whole new different type of energy so from the outside looking in, and I haven't talked to you too much, I haven't talked to anybody, but just from the outside looking in, it's like, wow. It's, all, it's just like from a recruiting standpoint and from a uh, marketing and relations standpoint, it's, it's kind of like, man, Florida State, you would consider them uh, just like Alabama and Clemson when it comes to recruiting. It just – y'all completely kind of changed the whole culture there pretty quickly – well, was that part of your objective uh, when you guys got there? I mean, what is your mission or what do you guys feel like you can accomplish here um, at Florida State? Well, I think, I think with any organization, it all starts from the top. And our head coach is phenomenal. Because Mike Novell is a man of conviction, as a man of passion, and somebody who um, he knows what he wants and he knows where he wants us to take this program and do our part so that it's done in a way that's uh, done with integrity and done with passion and with purpose. And so we have a plan. And so we're just, we're working that plan. We're working that plan. And uh, what we, what we want to do is just make sure that um, we, we're doing our part to make sure that the tradition and the, the legacy of this program is continued to be uh, celebrated in the way that it deserves I mean, there have been a lot of people who've, who've come through here, a lot of uh, a fair number of coaches, a fair number of administrators and, and, and young and young people who become men after they've left here or because of what they've gone through as, during their time here that are they're looking to us to help uh, bolster what they're familiar with. And so we're, we're excited about this opportunity. I'm excited to be working with my head coach and our D.C. coach Fuller. Man, it's, it, it is a very, very unique and special place. And it's very unique and special opportunity. Coach, talk about uh, how the uh, coronavirus and this quarantining and everything has thrown you guys for a loop. I mean, obviously, spring practice is critical at the college level, but more so for you guys as you're installing new defense, new offense. How are you uh, kind of mitigating that? I mean, how is this – how are you still trying to reach your players through all of this? I think, I think you got to know what phase of the year that you're in. You got to know what the mission or objective is for this phase of the year. And because of the circumstances, you just got to be creative and innovative at times to figure out how, how to still make, uh, make room and, and make sure it's conducive for those objectives to be reached. And so, you know, uh, again, 
with the leadership of coach, we've, we figured out some ways to reach our kids and communicate with them um, as needed. Um, first and foremost, it's about their safety. And, you know, again, what, what, what's an objective of this year to make sure that they're safe, that they're developing and that they're healthy. Um, another part is to make sure that they're, they're making sure that they're ha- handling their academic responsibilities because this is new, as new as it is for all of us. It's even more new and it's even more novel for young people who aren't even 21 yet. You know, I mean, they're figuring it out. And so the onus is on us as the adults and as the, uh, the, the guiders of, you know, their journey here, at least while they're with us, to kind of instruct them and, it's, and c- to continue to provide structure, continue to pr- provide accountability and make sure that they realize that the standards haven't changed just because the location or because of the circumstance, you know, and so. That has been good, and I, and I think we have really, really good young men who have bought into that and who, who really believe that um, we can do something special and unique. So, Coach, what what is your uh, – this will be my last few questions here. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Um, you know, I mean, it's just an interesting question to ask people. I mean, do you think we're going to have football in the fall? I mean, what do you think? What are you hearing? Coach, I leave that to the experts, brother. But if they if they put the ball down, you better believe we'll be ready to go. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say too. It's like only God knows, and um, if we're going to be able to do anything. Um, but I was thinking, I was thinking this morning, man. I was just sitting there thinking about my seniors, and I was like, goodness, my rising seniors. I was like, man, it would be a travesty, right, if they didn't get to play. Um, their senior year, you know, you can go back to high school and remember your senior high school football season. For a guy like you, you think about it. I was thinking about some of my guys. You had no offers, right? I mean, your offer came uh, probably during your senior year, or did it come before? Yeah, I mean, right before my senior year, so around that time, absolutely. Probably from camps in the summer that you went to. Um, there's just so much to, to the recruiting process from a high school football coach's standpoint with all these kids. Um, and, and it's kind of just, you know, I got I always have on my roster three or four or five kids that, that need the summer evaluation period, that need some senior film to get offered. And uh, I don't know if they're going to get it, but uh, I'm praying that they do and that God take this away. Um, but coach, man, I appreciate you talking with us, man. And I always end with a prayer. I know that you don't mind, but love to pray for you and everything that you got going on down there. Thanks, coach. Lord, we're coming for you today. Just want to praise and thank you for loving us, Lord. Praise and thank you for uh, dying on the cross for our sins, Lord. And I just pray uh, and thank you for Coach Marv, Chris Marv, and all that you're doing in his life, Lord. It's just such an encouraging thing to see men like him coaching at the highest level there at Florida State and Lord and just just to watch your hand upon him and and to move him up the ranks and Lord as you do that I pray that he would continue to shine as a light for Jesus Christ Lord that he would be uh, your representative and Lord I pray that you bless his steps I pray that you would uh, bless his career I pray that you bless his family and his and his new daughter um, Lord and and that, that their whole life would uh, just be um, a life that glorifies you. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Coach, I appreciate it, man. Amen. Hey, thank you, Coach. Get- ooh, 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 ooh. I 
I was blind, now I'm seeing in color. I was dead, now I'm living forever. I had failed, but you were my redeemer. I've been blessed beyond all measure. I was lost, now I'm found by the Father. I've been changed from a ruined treasure. I've been given a hope and a future. I've been blessed beyond all measure. I am
singing loud. Oh!